Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. So, please help me. Please help me introduce our guest today the wonderful hilarious talented brilliant zara norbach up on the mic here i come up on the mic Mm. 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 hey hey good morning good morning good afternoon and if i don't see you later good night or whatever they said in truman show oh i miss the 90s yeah you know because y'all watch a 90s movie lately it's different yeah it hits weird. What did, what it's did I watch recently? Oh, I watched Volcano. Oh shit! Ooh. Isn't that what Tommy Lee Jones? They have to they have to blow up the Beverly Center to re, uh, reroute the magma off of La Cienega. <laughs> yes, it was fantastic <laughs> and so accurate. I know, Listen, right? <laughs> if we're gonna keep suggesting '90s movies with volcanoes, uh, is it George versus the volcano? Joe versus oh. the volcano. Joe Tom Hanks. Ooh. Joe versus volcano. Listen, it's yeah. the wildest movie you will ever watch. Somehow it is um, irreverent. It breaks all the rules of logic, and yet you're still like, "Damn it, that's such a cute little movie." I love it. Oh, Check out all yeah. the volcano movies from the '90s. We were, oh my ta- god, yeah, we were talking Dante's about Dante's Peak. Oh yeah, Excellent. Dante's Peak. Yes, yes. That's uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yes, and Dante's and, Peak. And uh, Linda Hamilton. Yeah, damn. Tour de Force. That's a good fucking. That's a peak, <laughs> peak packed cast. But I feel like there was a thing where I remember scientists were debating if Dante's Peak or Volcano was the better one. And they're saying, well, <laughs> because they are saying that, like, at the La Brea Tar Pits, by virtue of that, I will have to give the edge to Volcano. That's um, what did it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Or maybe that was, was something. Was there a my... sequel to Volcano? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. To, uh... Two Volk, two Furious volcano. I don't know. Two Volk, two Furious. Oh. It says volcano fire on the mountain, and I'm not sure if that's like a more full title for the original or a follow up sequel. Oh, that Research. has to be. Is it Tommy Lee Jones? Because if it isn't, you know that's one of them janky. They're like, hey, we still yeah. own the IP, so we can technically use it. I I'm so mad that I missed the six minute rant on missing movie theaters because you know what else I miss hmm. about hmm. the trickle down of movie theaters in our lives is tour de force yeah a tour de like force. seeing reviews mm-hmm. remember reviews would like flash across the screen and be like tour de a force tour de force oh and then if you did a parody they'd say a tour de farce of epic proportions <laughs> and you're like i am seeing hot shots part do i guess i miss that <laughs> that deep voice narrator describing everything i was yeah. seeing in a lab yeah Far away. Oh, mm. God. That guy got you amped for a movie, and now he's gone. I know. Give that man his uh, job back. Well, there, that guy, like, he does, like, drops for the radio, though, too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, okay, but who's listening to the radio? The children listen to, you know, YouTubers this is, and podcasts. Like, in Bodega <laughs> Boys, they got the one of the announcer guys to say, you know, the most dangerous podcast in the universe. Do the drop. <laughs> like, is, the, I, I think, one of those OG announcer guys. So, anyway. You know what? The Daily Zeitgeist needs a trailer. 
like a like a we have proper, not done our part like a proper thriller trailer we're a diffuse group you know like we can't you know when you do that it we, we're just a movement you know what i mean right. a bowel Word. movement if you will Word. of podcast proportions zara how is everything how you doing what's new how you living you all right oh wow so let's see in the last month i almost died no Are you for real yeah oh I, if oh, i can I'm ask so sorry to hear that i had to have um thank you me too yeah I had, you know, when sometimes you surprise yourself with, and it's like, oh, hey, yeah. oh, I still like life. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. Right. What about that? <laughs> I had FOMO. <laughs> the ultimate FOMO. Right. The ultimate FOMO. Tour really. de force. Mortality. The ultimate FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. Exactly. Great. Unless you believe in reincarnation, in which case, you know, fucking yo, infinity. Here I come back as a mushroom. There you go. Okay, Processing well, nuclear waste. So you're yeah, good. Okay. I'm good. I had uh, I had to have emergency surgery on my gallbladder. Oh, oh my girl, God. That's a lot. Yeah. I'm so thankful to my body and my nerves for feeling that pain and not trying to write it out. Uh-huh. Like Because, have- yeah, they uh, said that if I had waited a day, oh, I would have no. died. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Zara. Wow. And I straight up like I had uh learned this trick to sort of like move gallstones out of the duct and mm-hmm. uh ease the pain. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling like not that, you know, I was feeling better. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered for a second like should I go in? Right. And I did. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. Wow. Okay, let that be a lesson to all of you listeners. Yeah. And unfortunately, like that's another reason why it's so important that people have health care because yes. there there is a entire I was on that insurance plan too called Do I really gotta go though? Exactly. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And that's and to hear that you were within hours of a completely opposite outcome, I think more than anything, like we have that's what these are these are like the kinds of situations in which you don't want a person to have to consider if when they feel physically ill that they can't get help so i'm so glad that you're on the other side of that so yes okay well shit eventful and you has that given you a renewed sense of vigor that i'm sure only something as uh intense like that could oh yeah because they took out my gallbladder and now i can have fats again and i'm cheesing Ooh. it up yes. oh shit oh okay well, <laughs> There we go. Oh my god! I'm coming through with a brick, brick of cheddar later on. You know what I mean? Oh um, yeah. Well, it's th- okay. So glad we got that out of the way. Glad to know you're having cheese. You're living your best life now, and your FOMO is gone, and we can look on to bigger things. What is something you think is overrated? Those mirrors that you can see, like every stupid little pore on your stupid uh. little face. I don't think that those are necessary. Mm. Who made that? Oh, like the ones like it's like one mirror on one side and then you could flip it and, and it's like it, surprise, it's motherfucker. Like, <gasps> it's like <"Bah!"> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that shit. It makes me it makes me Oh my god. It, it it I think it encourages another level of self like 
superficial Hate. analysis or oh. yeah, you, yeah. yeah I, i'll try to keep it you know neutral <laughs> for the moment and then yes from there you can be like what the fuck? why is my pore so big i might i could dunk my milano cookies in my pores if i wanted to exactly yeah my so, nose is an adventure man. <laughs> there's there's a lot going on there that i had no idea and about, it's but. yeah and i guess you know it's interesting we don't get to see ourselves that close yeah for, but maybe it's for a reason you know yeah yeah, so that mirror specifically is, you know, mir- and almost mirrors in general. But, you know, some mirrors are great for decor and like magic tricks and stuff. But yes, that's the only reason I have mine. Yeah, yeah it's who is it? And look, magic. if you're a, you know, esthetician or a, a dermatologist, do we need that much fucking zoom on the mirror? I don't it can just I'm, I'm good enough just seeing what maybe the fuck they is should have me. those. Yeah, right. if you want, if you're doing them. extractions or whatever, and you're doing a facial, then like mm-hmm. yeah, toss on the loop or whatever so you can get in there. But I don't, I damn sure don't need that level of clarity on my own face. Yeah, I don't need it. Yeah, so, it's get it's, for, it's helpful for contouring. I've found right. But, mm. um, yeah, and I your contour looks, looks great. Like, yeah, but don't thank you. Oh, oh what about God. the blending by the neck? It's just what about the blending by the neck? <laughs> Miles. That's why I just said it does it it defeats the purpose if you're not it. blending properly, Jack. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. And we're doing a turtleneck seed, that's the cheap move because we see it, it gets all over your white turtlenecks. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. My masks. You always know it's my mask. <laughs> just... Like, here's Jack's mask because he still thinks Looks he's like that straw, shade but... of Fenty that he is not. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's talk about ketchup. Thank God. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> Am I right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We are experiencing a nationwide ketchup shortage, uh, which, you know, I I felt like it was only a matter of time because there, in my opinion, there's only one good brand of ketchup. And, you know, that that creates a, uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say a bottleneck. Oh, wow. Where Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. you should have tapped the 57 then. Yeah. I, I guess America should have tapped the 57. <laughs> but yeah, so what, why, how is the pandemic causing? Uh... There's so many, like, it's all the pandemic. Okay, so first of all, when sit-down restaurants essentially became takeout restaurants, right. that just made individual ketchup packets the go-to condiment that people right. you were sending people off with. Second, because of the precautions, even if you had some form of dining, they were saying, you know, let's avoid having shared condiment bottles on tables just to keep everything as sanitary as possible. Give people packets. Don't allow them to put their fork or knife or whatever in a ketchup bottle and then like leave that for the next customer. Mm. And Hygiene to keep theater. going. Yeah. It is robbing uh, us of ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> so there are other things. Because of this, packet prices have gone up 13% because the demand is so high. The demand for packets was already up by 40% in July of last year, and it's only been trending upward. And a lot of restaurants have been, you know, not doing well because like you're saying, Jack, Kraft Heinz is the it's, it's the best ketchup oh, that yeah. we got. And um, a lot of the, like this research firm was saying because of that, Heinz holds nearly 70% of the market for like the ketchup market, because it's just acknowledged of that. And because of its large share, that's, what's fucking up like the entire condiment sort of industry when it comes to ketchup, because they're the biggest one. And they're now like Heinz is full on create like in an emergency mode, creating like additional manufacturing lines to help keep up with demand. Because at the end of the day, what 
this all means is nobody likes Hunt's ketchup. <laughs> right. Yeah, really it just doesn't have means. that tang. So you're saying that mm-hmm. I am sitting on a gold mine in my kitchen drawer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is exactly it's what cool. my uh, Korean mother-in-law has been preparing us for for decades. <laughs> right. This uh, is the big have... one, folks. It's <laughs> <laughs> like breaking glass and pulling a lever. <laughs> the, they call uh, me bad. <laughs> <laughs> but this, it sounds very similar to what uh, caused the toilet paper shortage. Is that it's pretty much the same type of the same level of consumption is taking place it's just different delivery mechanisms and delivery uh manufacturing chains so like the the toilet paper that was in public places that were no longer open or you know public restrooms that people were no longer using all that toilet paper was no longer necessary and everybody needed you know, the take home kind. And this mm-hmm. is just basically that for ketchup. You need the the take home kind and not the public consumption kind. Yeah. But if you were a G, you were out there stealing toilet paper from public restrooms. You right. Know what I mean, yeah. You know, or if you if Doing you were smart, your you were taking handfuls at the burger stand getting ready. Oh, yeah. But it's Straight funny because. Pump. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing is that like a lot of companies have shifted to just like trying to buy it like just boxes of it and then putting them in smaller containers to still be able to give because people a lot of these restaurants like there, <laughs> there are a few interviews of, like bar like sports bar tavern type places whose main, you know, dishes, fries and burgers. Yeah. And they're like and like this one owner was like, there's no way I could have sent anything but Heinz out with the food. Like I just, in the, in, in, for the years that this place has been open, it's always been Heinz. And like, it was just funny also reading how like restaurant tours were like having this ideological thing of like, I'm not going to like give people Annie's or some other weird shit. It's got to be Heinz. on the burger. Right. <laughs> yeah. People are totally fine with is Pepsi. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I've come to, I I'm at the point now where I, will just get a regular Pepsi over if they ask me if Diet Pepsi is okay. That's how much I don't like Diet Pepsi. So much worse than Diet Coke. I will give myself diabetes uh, over (laughs) drinking Diet Pepsi. I mean, Um, yeah. Well, look, to each their own. I still like caffeine-free Diet Pepsi in a gold can. (laughs) Yeah, that's the best. I love that flavor. Our lunch lady always drank that and was like, it's called brown water. Like she, yeah. she hated the fact that she had to drink it. The gold can, though, it was like a flex to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, shout out Nana McMahon. You know, my friends, my homie's grandmother who always had that in the refrigerator. I'm like, yo, this shit is popping, bro. I never had in the gold can. <laughs> but all NutraSweet. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? I think even though people talk about it, they don't talk about it enough. I think the show Golden Girls is truly one of the greatest sitcoms in the history of television. Mm. And I, I think, I honestly, like, it's kind of like, it has a special place in my heart because I always watched it with my grandma growing up and I watched it with my mom and like, and I still watch it with my mom. And it's kind of just like one of those shows you watch if you have like, it's like a show I would watch like when the pandemic first hit and I was anxious as shit. And it's right. like, it just makes you feel good. It's just like home cooked food. But it's, really fucking funny and it was very ahead of its time and it only had seven seasons but it became like a legendary ass show but because it's about like four old white women i think people now kind of like 
dismiss it. But if they actually gave it a chance, they'd say, oh, it was pretty woke for its time. Like they still, right. you know, they still have their little like, you know, moments where you're like, ah, okay, we're, we're luckily as a society way past that. But like, it's a really funny show. And if you're listening out there and if you're talking shit about that show, shame <laughs> on you. Watch the show, watch the show and then contact me and say, thank you, Peter, because this show's fantastic. Right. Say it to my face. If you're out there talking shit about Golden Girls. Come say, yeah. say face. Oh, you want to say something about fucking Estelle <laughs> Getty? Yeah. Oh. You know, that's, uh, M- Mitchell Hurwitz, the creator of Arrested Development. I think that was one of his first writing gigs uh, was Golden Girls. Like there's oh, really? just incredible pedigree in that writer's room. And you can it, you can see it on the screen. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the for, for real. Like I definitely I it was a show I my grandmother would have on and I would yeah. watch it. And I always thought it was funny because I just always I loved uh, Sophia, uh, like just from being just like her vibe always. That was like my favorite Golden Girl character. Mm. But I always it probably wasn't until I think I stopped watching in like high school and I never came back. But because I always had good memories when like this sort of second, third wave of like Golden Girls fandom that's sort of just been on the Internet pretty consistently. I've always looked at him like, oh, yeah, fucking Golden Girls is the shit. But. You know, like when I think of it now, most people looking at it through adult eyes, I probably need to do that again because I did as a, you know, you know, a kid or younger person liked it. But yeah, give it an adult eye viewing now. Yeah. Uh, no, as a kid, it didn't really strike me that it was a good show. I just watched it with. Yeah, it just had, I had good associations yeah. with it. Yeah, but it was really like just being a fan of comedy now and as adult, when I look back like, man, these are really this is really funny. Like these characters are very well defined. They're very flawed, but you love them. And the jokes are just very good. And it was ahead of its time, like really, especially dealing with like, for the most part, again, they have their sort of blind spots, but for the most part, dealing with issues of like, like LGBTQ and, you know, like at the time, like immigration and Mm -hmm. like sort of like certain conservative values and stuff like that. They did a really good job. uh, I feel like for the time, just like setting good precedent. Right. Yeah. Sort of like social reforms and whatnot. And it's just funny as fuck. And back in the days when you did sitcoms, it wasn't enough that you were funny or you did other, like you had to be a really solid performer. Um, and, you know, it, it was really different back then. Like all of them ha- are, have very well-defined stage careers and television careers and like are true, like quote, like quote, thespians of the game. So it's like, Right. It really is like performance, television performance at the highest level. Not to get too nerdy with this shit, but like, you know what I mean? No, like, it's true. It's, yeah. It's, well, yeah it's, good sitcom acting is, it's difficult too, because a lot of the times the writers weren't writing for the actors. Like right. there was a script and they're like, you need to turn this up. Whereas like right. I, in listening to the office deep dive podcast and one of the first episodes, Greg Daniels on the showrunners talks about how they were for the first time diff- doing something different than traditional sitcom writing whereas like they tried to know the performer and start writing the character to tailor the performer which was different for before was like you got to pull up with your skills and i think yeah when this kind of sitcom acting like they truly took these good solid writing even though it wasn't tailored to them but having to take that and make it seem like it was i think yeah is a true art form yeah yeah it's crazy. Give me, uh, uh, give me Blanche yeah. Devereaux over Samantha from Sex and the City in terms of uh, sex-positive characters from my childhood. Blanche was the shit. 
<laughs> oh, definitely. Blanche is Blanche is like what's great about her is like as shallow and like as she seems, she's always like is the she's she aggressively defends her friends like when she has to. Like and I mean like they're all really flawed but mm. all have very very important key aspects of their character that you fall in love with that like yeah. you're like so it's like it's just and that's like you said that's really from the writing and the the performing and uh you just kind of don't see that shit no more it just yeah yeah it's weird that like the shows that i watched as a kid like comedy holds up better than the drama maybe, maybe it's just because tv dramas have like progressed more uh but like you know, Matlock and Murder, She Wrote, and those sorts of shows that I kind of associate with Golden Girls in terms of, like, being on around the same time and, like, being uh, shows I would watch at my grandparents' house and shit. Like, the Golden Girls holds up really well, whereas, like, you know, Matlock, I, I kind of regret my full fullback Matlock tattoo a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, back on lock with the Matlock tattoo. <laughs> uh, you have a full Matlock. And yeah. and it's really detailed, right? Full body, yeah. yeah. You can kind of get an idea of the entire arc of the series based on like the different yeah. sections of the tattoo. Yeah, and it is nude. It is nude. N- it's yeah. nude of Matlock, and I heard it's like thirteen yeah. grand. <laughs> oh yeah, it starts from underneath his shoulder blades to the bottom of his butt cheeks. I mean, you don't want to fuck around with something like that. Yeah, man, it looks like a weird yakuza tattoo. Jack, this sounds like the worst idea i've ever heard in my life he's still and dealing with uh it, yeah hey. still dealing with it, huh he's still yeah. paying for it <laughs> but, no but um uh no i agree with you though man like definitely the old school like dramas now they're like okay this is lame these characters act like cartoon characters right. but right. like comedy that's what, what's dope about comedy it's like it's kind of universal and it's if it's done right it's kind of timeless like yeah. i love i love lucy still really really funny yeah right. and you know again like it's done such a long time ago. So those aspects of it, you look back and you know, it's a little cringy, but like the other aspects like, man, this shit is still funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like when you look at movies from the eighties, like a lot of the comedies don't hold up that well, but you know, dramas and like back to the, I guess back to the future is uh, a comedic dramedy. I think dramedy back to the future. Uh, you know, the greatest film of all time. Of but, all time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like, like okay, like, do you mean like, let's say a, a film like Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Is that like yeah, a pure comedy? You know what? Or is that My like point a... sucks, uh, is what I'm realizing. <laughs> no, now. no. So, <laughs> so I'm going to just back, around, back away from that real quick. Beep. Uh, beep. I also immediately <laughs> mentioned like an I- iconic, considered iconic like 80s comedy, but like, yeah, there's right. a lot of comedies from that time. Like, I don't know, I, there's one with Rodney Dangerfield that I liked when I was a kid. And I yeah. saw a part of it again, like, I don't know, Back like five school? years ago. Yes. And I was like, yeah. man, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and it's school. just like, <laughs> it was like, they were like, how do we make the dumbest, most like offensive <sighs> bullshit with yeah. every bullshit joke in it? Right. And and then I like a dumbass. I was like probably like ten years old, and I thought, man, this shit is hilarious. This is so good. This uh, is so well made. <laughs> they gave, they really did like they really loved the fuck out of like Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, man. He you had know, his like moment. 
Remember when they fucking made that movie Rover Dangerfield? They just said, what if our man was a fucking dog and it's a cartoon now? Like, that was it. I remember <laughs> being so confused as a kid when that movie came out. I'm like, dude, I don't. What? This is a dog that's doing stand up. Hey, man, like, the, I don't, the guy gets no respect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Back then, you just needed this like, like, I mean, you need comedy had to have a shtick, I guess. And he's right. like, hey, yeah, he does this weird. Like Whoa, these wait. days, if you do, yeah, these days if you do that shit, people are like, man, get this fucking guy off stage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, weirdo. Want to be Rodney Dangerfield looking ass? Uh, I heard that dude was like, I mean, again, I, I I don't know like how true this is, but I heard like he was like a really shitty dude, and like towards the end of his life when he wasn't doing comedy as much, like had some like financial scheme where he like schemed a bunch of like old retired people out of their money or something like again like i I heard this i forgot what source i heard this from but i have heard from multiple sources the dude was like a shitty dude but like yeah someone um, who constantly goes around screaming about how they get no respect i'm not surprised (laughs) at all why they don't get any respect (laughs) right that's the case Yeah, but um, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, that's a whole that's part of the life cycle of being a celebrity who old people like is, you know, like Tom Selleck now does all those like scam shits, uh, you know, Will for. Oh, Bradley. he's like, I trust him. And I think right, you can exactly. too. I'm like, yeah. get the, shut up, Tom. That's just Selleck. being an American who old people like. Uh, telling America. these old people give their home to the bank <laughs> right. in this commercial. Yeah. Oh, uh, for the uh, yeah. For those uh, reverse mortgages. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's I also like, you like, shut up, Tom. So like, your ass don't have no reverse mortgage. Yeah, you don't right. need a reverse Get mortgage. Yeah. Fuck out of here. You do blue bloods. I don't know if yeah. that show's still on, but uh, I think it's always going to be on. I think they signed one an of those official shows. deal that it's it's always, always on from now. On. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have extended uh, blue bloods through the end of time. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, New Mexico has ended qualified immunity. Yeah, it's you'd love to see it. Like, literally, this is these are the steps we need to take to have some kind of equitable society in which police officers and any government employee can not just violate your rights and then hide behind this statute of qualified immunity to avoid any kind of civil prosecution. So. If you don't know what it is, this is basically the doctrine that shields police officers, government officials from ever being personally held responsible for all kinds of malfeasance. And it makes it it's it's so hard for someone to bring a lawsuit against a police officer. We'll just talk specifically in the instances of police brutality, because not only do you have to like there requires so many levels for this suit to go through to overcome the qualified immunity thing, essentially that you would have to require proof that this officer clearly violated established law. And it there's a lot of nuance in there that allows for many suits to just fucking end right there. So, like, let's say a police officer illegally searches your shit, like your Jay-Z and 99 right. problems. Oh, no, I was going to say. <laughs> um, you'll say that, you know, that's a violation of your Fourth Amendment civil liberties. You know, like, that's you can't do that. But the police will then argue in court that it's actually more nuanced and that this isn't as straightforward um, as a as like a comparable case um, as a way to allow the judge to fucking toss the whole fucking thing. 
Because the first, it's just, the whole process is fucked up. First, you have to prove that an officer violated a specific right. And then you have to prove that they knew they were violating a specific right. So shouldn't they know that they were like, isn't this in the training manual? Well, so this is where it comes out default. So it could be that like a specific use of force was settled in a court case. And you say, oh, that's how you know you can't do that because they lost this case, which says specifically that's what it is. If you can't find a case that mirrors what happened to you exactly, they will not. They'll say like, oh, well, that that hasn't been established as a transgression of your rights. So and that's that's always like the rules are made because somebody broke the system and then they had to put the rule in. But right. It's only until after the damage is done, because you could be like, oh, my God, well, you saw in this thing, the person was brutalized with excessive use of a taser or something. And because you were uh, you, you were getting fucked up with a pepper ball gun or some shit. They're like, oh, well, that's not the same thing. So you, they actually you can't prove that it's established law at this point. So this allows for police to regularly violate our civil rights also allows for a lot of wrongful convictions because a lot of these things happen in the course of police violating your rights. Um, So removing this immunity allows for civil suits to go forward where the fucking police officer is personally liable for their actions personally. So that means you could we like this helps for people to fuck around and then find out what that means, because normally this qualified immunity just allowed people to keep banging with their fucking uh, terrible behavior. Yeah. Okay, now end police officers. Right. Yeah, step <laughs> yeah, one. I, Scare them away, you know, because like I don't have money to keep violating these people, and then they're going to sue me. But it it's only two like, states right now, Colorado yeah. and New Mexico, so shout out to Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, Grisham for signing that. It feels like one of, like, a dozen social institutions that protect them, like, including the fact that they are just, like, they're, where they're positioned, like, culturally, uh, all all the fucking propaganda that we're faced with on a daily basis. And um, and then you have the thing that we kind of made reference to earlier in the week with police. When something like this happens, like, I, I'm going to, like, set a reminder to continue to Google New Mexico police to see if the same thing happens there that we've seen in L.A., where the police then become petulant and stop doing their job and are like, well, you guys were mad at us. So now we're not going to do the thing that we're paid to do like mm-hmm. the, that. But that's that's the thing is they they don't even have they don't have an obligation to act. Right. And to stop crime. Right. So it's like they've had a history of being al- allowed to do whatever the fuck they want with this qualified immunity. Uh, while never having to have the responsibility to stop or help. Right. Yeah. And if, if you want to sue me, good fucking luck. Because yeah. I've got, the, you're actually, actually you're going to pay for it with your tax dollars. So, you know, rock on with your lawsuits. But yeah, this is a, it's only two states now that have this or some form of reducing the qualified immunity. And this now, it's not just uh, police officers. It can be, you could be a school administrator. You can be a city official. You can be a, a corrections officer. Was was qualified immunity covering those people? Yeah, it covers before? usually all government people, like all government officials. Like it would oh, protect some that. form. Okay. Yeah, if they were violating you, that you you couldn't come at them with a civil lawsuit based on them, you know, uh, violating your rights. Damn. There was just talking about like how what the standing for this sort of thing is in the rest of the country. There was a article on the front page of the Wall Street Journal uh, yesterday about how. Like there's a backlash to uh, 
this sort of thing in Philly, and they just like made it sound completely hopeless. They they not in not according to them. According to them, this is like these sorts of things are unreasonable. But it really fucking felt like a Wait. kick kick in the gut. What was the what was the backlash? Was it? It's just uh, like they're l- not legislative, or was it? They're not backing individual? a uh, a DA, I think, who has been critical of the institutional racism within the law enforcement community and they're yeah it's just yeah you know this the what a, what a way to shit. what a way to prove them wrong right exactly <laughs> yeah because i mean he was in you know, krasner was you know he was coming in on some different shit from the beginning right um into philly so like he's always been uh shown himself to be willing to be like i'm not here to fucking cape for police the fuck are you talking right. about Right. And because he's not, that causes you problems because most of the time the DA is like your the best friend who's like, yeah, don't worry. Do whatever the fuck you want. Right. Exactly. I've seen I've seen Law and Order. I know what you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> we all seen it. We get it. All right. Um, let's talk really quick about something else that's going to be also frustrating, which is uh, anti-vaxxers. <laughs> oh, my God. Whenever I hear the word vaccine, you know, my hairs stand up on my neck because I always brace myself to hear some ridiculous pseudoscientific take. And. At first, you know, it was the whole thing was like, well, they cause autism. And then you say, I don't know. Are you aware that the study that you all point to was written by someone who was developing a vaccine that was competing with the established ones? And that was <laughs> meant to do that so he could be like, well, I got this other one that doesn't. And then the the uh, the journal, the medical journal that published it had to retract it and almost set themselves the building on fire. Like, yo, we fucked up. Published. I'm, we're so sorry. We should have never <laughs> done that shit. That shit is bullshit. So wow. sorry. This is not real. Do not refer to this as any something of any legitimate research. And then, you know, pivoted away from that. Now it's words like vaccine injury. And what? You know, like a lot of the times there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. Like, well, we don't have vaccines or I don't use science like medicine and I'm fine. I'm using this, that and the other thing and I'm okay. You know, without for a second questioning whether or not they might just be genetically at an advantage Mm. rather than them sort of being like, no, actually, I'm so galaxy brained that I figured out how to <laughs> sidestep accepted science to be healthy. Can you No, even though it's all shit that you cooked up on the Internet? OK, well, now we have covid vaccines and the grifters or believers. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to tell when someone's making money off of anti-vax shit. I'm like, that's a, you're just taking advantage of people who are very gullible. And we, the CBC has exposed this one woman, Sherry, Sherry Tenpenny. Not that they've exposed her. She's a very out there anti-vaxxer uh, and osteopath. But ha- now has a six-week digital boot camp where it's called Mastering Vaccine Info. And uh, for $623. What a price. I don't know where the fuck. I don't know if th- that's like some numerology shit. I was um, going to say, why six two three? I don't know. I have no clue. You can basically learn with this money, with this information, you will learn how to engage in the fight to put immunocompromised communities at risk. Right. So this is some of the things that they were saying, like of like what the, you know, the vibe is of this boot camp. She says, quote, you're in our choir. Uh, It's those who are on the fence who need to hear the message. My job is to teach the 400 of you in the class so each of you can go out and teach 1000 people. Huh. And I want you to practice these tr- these tactics in front of a mirror. 
Uh, th- these are all. She like, take an of- acting class and just adapt it for anti-vaxxers. Oh yeah, and then she also says, "My job <laughs> and your job and everybody else who does this, their job is to sow seeds. We're Don't going to seeds. build an entire army to stand up and say, not only no, but hell no." What is their obsession with the army? Listen, one, we don't need, we do not need neither a prayer army nor an (laughs) anti-vaxxer army to come and tell us how to live our lives healthily. That's why we have doctors and scientists. Yeah. They're there doing all the work. I mean, she does believe, though, that COVID can be fought with vitamins and and vibes. Good vibes. Uh, Yeah. While her husband is also part of the boot camp, he's basically... On what they're talking about, using straight up pickup artist tactics of neuro-linguistic programming to, I guess, Whoa. neg someone into being anti-vax. Um, this is what, the, what her husband says. Books. Quote, <laughs> understanding the subjective human experience and how each individual stores their version of information is key to unlocking their mind and building trust and successfully affecting change with them. So then he goes off, he's like encouraging the students to recognize what type of persuasion tactic is going to be the most effective based on the person they're talking to. Now, look, I've anyone who's done organizing, you learn some level on how to create common ground or at the very least how to b- bridge gaps with. Other yeah, communities. You, you start by saying, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. I respect I you. <laughs> I don't have yeah. a plan, though. <laughs> I'm Joe Biden. And I'm afraid. Thank you. I'm scared. I gotta go. <laughs> and I'm afraid what Mitch McConnell will do. <laughs> yeah. So, no. So, in a way, I'm like, okay, there's that level, but not to this point. So, he basically will slot the people that they would be speaking to into four categories and then oh. present strategies for each. And, like, they, they have a workbook where it's, like, the weirdest back and forth skit where, like, a person's like... You're not really telling me enough information. They're like, yeah, well, what else do you need to see? And it's like, what went wrong here? Were they using the wrong model? Is the cover of the workbook a pyramid? Yeah, actually. Why? Oh, I just I was looking for books to color while somebody (laughs) unlocked my brain in a multi-level way. Yeah. (laughs) Multi-level, multi-tiered way. What's wild is I specifically wrote down that I wanted to give them six hundred twenty three dollars. (laughs) Right. It's like they, they knew. Now, all this is like, look, I understand people being skeptical, um, mm. but white Americans that are anti-vax don't realize just how bad their privilege has duped them into thinking they don't need medicine. Like yeah. off the rip. White Americans also, enjoy the benefits of medical exactly. and scientific advancements <laughs> in a way other demographics do not. Look at the life expectancy. It's not because we're built different. We die sooner. It's because there's an utter lack of resources being put into those communities. Yes. Look at Tuskegee. Right. I mean, you can look at Tuskegee, but you can also look at like just the like even beyond like financial or, or access to you have an entire community that has been taught for years to disregard the actual pain of their some of their patients because mm-hmm. of the color of their skin. Right. To, like it is or 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 because of what's between their legs. Like the way women's pain is just brushed off as not being important or as them overreacting. I read about a woman who died of endometriosis wow. complaining about pain for mm. years, years. Mm. And they were like, oh, it's period pain. You just gotta get through that. That's all you it know, is. A racist doctor nearly killed my brother. Mm. Yeah. When my brother was 15, he had pain in his hip. My mom's an x-ray technician and an ultrasound sonographer. She took him into the doctor and he said, 
you know what? I know your people. You treat your sons like princes. He cries because he's spoiled. Shit. That's what he said. And my mom had to take him to the ER, the children's hospital ER, Mm. to get him the necessary tests. Everybody, including specialists, said, which they had to pay out of pocket for, Mm -hmm. said he needs care immediately. And this doctor said, why'd you go over my head and made my parents wait outside in the parking lot with a security guard? Mm. I'm really sorry that happened to your family. That's extremely scary. I went through a similar thing where I was nearly paralyzed because I had a herniated disc in my spine. And even after an MRI, which showed the herniation, they were like, oh, a cortisone shot. That's all you need. Luckily, I had a nurse practitioner who came in, asked me a bunch of questions. She's like, I think you need surgery now. She hadn't touched me. She wow. just asked me a couple questions. She's like, I think you need to go to surgery now. And they're like, oh, yeah, if we had given you that cortisone shot, you'd have been paralyzed. Right. If we had waited a day longer, you'd have been paralyzed. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely insane trying to, like, get medical help in this stupid country. It's so frustrating. And for people to then go and be like, I'm just going to... Not get a shot that is often just required for you to exist in society for yes. very obvious reasons. Like, go read about any of, like, polio, the play, like, just how it inhibited so many uh, people's actually, lives. You're, you're and actually, you're a shill for Big Pharma, actually. That's the thing you don't <laughs> okay. understand. Big Pharma is so evil. Therefore, everything that happens in science is bad because Big Pharma. That's oh, what that's man. what you're going to get hit with. And, and okay. And see, you yourself even Big pointed Pharma to definitely you issue. yourself even pointed to examples of how the medical community <laughs> was doing experiments on your own people. You know what I mean? So how could you stress? It's like, hold up, that's not for you to tell me where how I want to parse through all, that. Nope. And I just want to say this again: Black Americans can point to a legacy of medical experimentation yes. and torture that would fuel hesitancy. I'm not saying it's justified, but you that is part of the history um, in this country. But even mm. when white anti-vaxxers or, you know, high income anti-vax, they, they'll point to communities of color and be like, they have low vaccination rates, but completely miss the part where a lack of resources creates an information desert that is only exacerbated by systemic oppression. It's not because yes. they're like, oh, yeah, they get it. Or, like, you know, like, what's going on over there? No, really look at what the fuck it looks like, because I think a lot of high income or white anti-vaxxers, they engage. This is like a form of agency for them without having the objectivity about what the entire situation is within the medical Mm -hmm. industry, the country they reside in, or even genetics. And to even take a closer look, because I think the mass media also has a hand in this just because it's it's sort of turned this into a us versus them, you're anti-vax or not. And it completely, there's zero nuance, especially as it pertains to race. But anti-vaxxers should also look uh, you know, you look at these uh, PBEs, public belief exemptions, where people get oh. together and they say, I have a PBE. So that's why the, we are not vaccinated as a family. There's a lot of studies that show they're like these high concentrations of public belief exemptions. The racial homogeneity is also just a pu- huge part of it as well. And so it, these are people are, you know, obviously protecting themselves mentally, visually or whatever to sort of keep from really thinking more about it. But. It's like at some point, these people have to come to the table and there has to be there has to be a reckoning with this kind of thinking, because yes. there was that documentary about flat earthers. And there was like this whole group of like astrophysicists, astronomers and shit who are just like, what the fuck are we going to do? And while there was a ton of people who were like, how the fuck could they not believe us? Have they done this shit? I've been fucking working out and blah, blah, blah. A lot of people were like, 
you know, we have to figure out a way to bridge this gap because at the end of the day, even though they are misguided, they are interested in science on some level. They are interested in well-being on some level. Oh, interesting. But there, but that has to begin the thing because it's like anything. It's like racist too. And I don't know how much you get help save a racist, but or any sort of ignorant, discriminatory person. They start hearing things like, "Oh, so I'm bad." Immediately, they're going to shut the shop up. Good luck trying to communicate. Right. Um, and with something like this, that we're like, we need, you know, like more than anything, you could be racist. Stay in your fucking house and just don't bother anyone. But if you're out here contributing to the transmission of illnesses and things like that, that's a whole other game. And you're more than likely as a like a high income anti-vaxxer. If you got sick, you could go to a fucking doctor and most likely pull through. But a person of color that you might in unwittingly be transmitting a disease to, they don't have the same option. So don't act no. like you're saving anybody anyway. So pay your 623. <laughs> Some to them to be able to say, I have a choice to say no to this. I wonder if it this makes me curious about the difference between agency and entitlement. Mm. Sure. And I'm sure those blinds. Right. Because because in the United States, individualism, right, starts to become propaganda. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it's agency to say I don't want the vaccine. I, I feel like agency perceived, is the ability. Perceived agency. Perceived, yeah, like because because real agency in that kind of an instance is to be able to rely on experts to inform you appropriately with facts and figures that you can look to and point to clearly and say yes. Right. Here's my because informed then, decision based on what I the information I have. In front of. Exactly. Because then otherwise agency is us doing the like us farming, us going out and doing the research, us, you know, everything's. But that's what they're doing. They, For whatever reason, they've ingrained in themselves or had ingrained in them the idea that the information you're being given is incorrect, right? And there's an entire conspiracy to keep the truth from you. Mm -hmm. And so their their thoughts on, on getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated is, I've done the research. This is not only unnecessary, but potentially harmful to me or my children. And like... How do you and I think that's what's sort of horrifying. It's like I don't know how to bridge that gap. I don't know how to get you to trust experts exactly. The trust. whole thing is yeah. believing that these people are lying to you. I think at the end it boils down to a fear that I don't want anything to go wrong with my child. Fucking anything. So if I can if there's even a chance of that, even though the medical science is saying that's a, a positive, I've I saw two things that said it couldn't be, and I don't want that at all to happen to my child. It's like that, and then um, it, and then it morphs into this whole other thing. Um, and then this you, is where yeah the game Among Us I feel is so important. It is <laughs> de-radicalization, right? Of six two three exactly six hundred twenty three dollars. Yo, uh, yellow looks sus as fuck right now. I don't know. Let's take a quick break. Let's take a breather, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And take me out to the ICU. Uh, America's pastime is back, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's full cap. Not even, no, it's full capacity in Texas, <laughs> at least at Globe Life Field for the Rangers opening right. day. Mm-hmm. The photos. 38 thou. Photos, you thought this shit was taken, you know, 
2019. Yeah, what is this, 2018? Because, like, barely, like, you got to really squint your eyes. Like, who's got a mask on? A lot of people with some chin masks. You got a couple people with masks. Other people who are like, I'm off this shit. And, you know, apparently at the at the field, they were saying, like, no, like, obviously, we're telling fans to wear masks to, to keep it safe. We're not going. And obviously, we're gonna go, they're ignoring the fuck. We'll pack 38,000 people in here. And some of them will wear masks. I don't know. Some won't. But what does it matter? Governor Abbott said it's all G, honey. So come through to the Rangers game. Right now, the mm. state is about 16, 17 percent fully vaccinated. And over a quarter have a little just over 25 percent have gotten their first shot. But these are not the kinds of numbers that would make an epidemiologist say play ball. Because uh, at, at this point, I don't know like what it is. I think people are just desensitized to the risk as because if they've gotten this far in your mind, you're like, I don't know if I got, if I was going to get it, I probably would have got it. So I'm, I'm probably good anyway. And right. also, I think just uh, many people have just. Like, even if they acknowledge the pandemic, they've just personally prioritized this feeling of getting back to, like, normal. And as look, I'll say this. It's definitely safer than an indoor arena. But when you consider a mm -hmm. lot of other ballparks have been operating not even close to full capacity, like 40 or 50 percent. This is like it's a little eerie to think about because you, we look at countries in Europe. They've started to reopen and we're starting to see it trend upward again. So, you know, money though. We've got sponsors. Money. money. Sponsors put money and also, down. So we make sure we get these asses in the seats. And also, there seems to be a cultural, like a certain cultural milieu where, like, being the first to reopen is like a hell yeah, that's what I'm talking right. about, brother, uh, type thing. It'd be so shitty to get COVID, like, after. You know, there's the vaccines available. People right. are getting vaccinated. Like now would be a horrible. I mean, it's always a horrible time to lose somebody, but it's just, right. ugh. Yeah. How? Or more likely, you know, catch a baseball game, be asymptomatic, bring it home to your elderly relative who you know only has their first dose and kill them or get them right or has their first dose like, the day the next day. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I started getting a little confident after my first shot. I was like, oh. Okay, I might go to like a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, right. And take right. my coffee to go. <laughs> You're like, I might eat at this hometown buffet. Demand that they open. Yeah. I uh, when I was on spring break on Miami Beach uh, the other day with my family, <laughs> uh, I, no, uh, I took my kids on vacation uh, for spring break, and we I witnessed a thing that made me like really uh, feel for any parents of teenage kids, where like this teenager was like wearing his mask around his neck and his mom was like what are you doing like stop do you want to kill us and he was just like yeah i do oh. i do want to kill <laughs> i want to kill grandma i want to kill it was just like oh, oh fuck oh, man oh wow. no like I've, entitled I that, teenage white kid like but oh. just like teen shithead I was a yeah, teen shithead. And his shit mom was head. like, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. You can go. Do you want a PS5? Well, the dad, PS5? the dad was like, just stop both of you because the mom was like really taking it there. And like, you know, there were people around. It was, it was pretty <laughs> wild. It was, uh, it was like getting a front row seat to a live action familial meltdown on, Look, on par with a uh, force mayor. I'm telling you, <laughs> the, the YouTube clips are going to be popping. When we enter society again, <laughs> motherfuckers don't Whoop. know how to act. And a lot of people are yeah. stressed 
And a lot of, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same phenomenon why so many fights happen at Chuck E. Cheese and shit at kids' birthday places. Like, Oh, I didn't know this. Oh, yeah, because it's like a combination of like stressed parents who want to do well for their kids, but it's sort of like, but also like you might, yeah, but so like it and like some places have alcohol. So tensions like boil over because there's like a ton of group parties on top of it. So like the energy can just be weird. Everyone's anxious, especially like if people Mm. have weird family situations is another layer of complexity that you're bringing into then if one person errantly bumps into you, it's like, what now? So, yeah, I've imagined I will see a lot of like couples fights, family fights. Uh, I've been mm. telling myself, like, for the opening, reopening of the world, I keep, like, telling myself in my head, I'm like, it's going to be okay. Like, you don't have to go anywhere right away. Right. Don't worry about FOMO. Like, just take your time. Ease your way in. Yeah. Like, I am just telling myself that over and over. Cause, uh, Do you think that'll yeah. be that'll be a big, like, you'll be fighting your fear of missing out alongside, like, reentry anxiety? I mean, I'm comfortable. Like, I'm fine in my house. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think part of me is like, I don't want to miss the roaring 20s, but also part of me is like, it's fine. We're safe in here. Sure, sure, don't yeah. Don't worry. We eventually have to so, switch gears at some point, but yeah. Yeah. At, at, all at our own pace. Exactly. That part of my brain, I think, never formed the FOMO part. Like, I think I'm, like, that's... I got Fogo, uh, fear of going out. Exactly. <laughs> Fogo to chow over here. I like yeah. that. I think that's just called social anxiety. Nah, I, like I was like, huh, that's weird. I like Fogo uh, too. I don't know why I don't have FOMO. It's like, oh, because I get nervous and uncomfortable. I'm as as like outspoken and gregarious and, you know, uh, you know, energetic as I am. Certain times I'm really not fucking with, like before the pandemic, there are situations where I don't want to blindly go to just some like some random get together of people like her. Oh my her gosh, Matthew will yeah. be like, oh, so and so's birthday. I'm like, I don't know. Who's that? They're like, oh, I used to work on this project with them. I'm like, will I know anybody there? She's like, no, but it'll be fun. And I'm like, shit, cut to me in the fucking corner, like high and being like, do you smoke? No. All right. I'm like, nobody smokes here. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> It's a Brits. Yeah. I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> we want to say a quick uh, adieu to Yahoo Answers. Mm-hmm. What one of the greatest to ever do it? Uh, how is Babby formed? Yeah, maybe uh, the best thing that anybody ever found on the internet. Apparently, that was found by uh, at Fart on Twitter, uh, John Hedron. Wow, for an article that he was writing for something awful. Which Katie uh, Natopoulos from uh, BuzzFeed pointed that out in her article, uh, in her obit on uh, Yahoo Answers. But that's just, I feel like we should do more internet sourcing of like people who started memes and like the fact that that was, I don't know, he should win a Peabody for finding that Yahoo Answers. Yeah, it's vital to our, our modern day internet vocabulary. Yeah. Wait, so does that um, mean Gregnant is also was Gregnant from that or was that from Cora? Uh I think it might have been Cora. <sighs> but the so all of Yahoo is gonna be wiped uh all of Yahoo answers is gonna be wiped from the internet in Oh, May. come on. Somebody I turn know. it into something quick. Somebody preserve it on Tumblr. Yeah. The Library of Congress has like yeah. every tweet ever. No, you know no. Am I Gregnant? It shout out to the realest one. Is Yahoo Answers? Yahoo Am I Pegnate? Am I Greg? Help! 
<laughs> you know, is there a possibility that I'm pegrant? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some great ones, you know, just looking through. I can't see myself on Google Earth, question mark. Is one of them. <laughs> oh no. Really? They thought it's a there's that <laughs> okay. I like that. I really like the I like what this person <laughs> thought just... Google Earth was, and I appreciate them. I like that too. That's like whim- so the whimsical. Have... They're like, you can go outside <laughs> yeah. and it fucking anywhere. Okay, I'm gonna tell my cousin to go outside right now <laughs> in France. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for this week's weekly zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.